0: Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com and find them at FDIC at booth 2540.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of enforced technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit FLEX-7. 7. FLEX-7 7, powered by enforced technology. Only from Tankata Protective Fabrics.
0: TheFireStore.com. Equipping protectors with passion. That's how they operate and it's how they live. They understand that having the right gear can mean the difference between life and death. Their goal is to get you the gear you need, when you need it, at prices you can afford.
1: Good evening and welcome to another edition of everyone's favorite radio show. And even though now some of this is actually radio and video. So look out, folks. Look out, folks. Here we go. You know him. You love him. He's Deputy Chief Chocolate Thunder. I mean, uh, Larry Conley, our fearless leader of the Larry Conley radio show with the Knights great interview that we're going to have he's going to introduce the guests and everything but now without further ado here he is ladies and gentlemen you know him you love him larry Kaufman. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it feels weird when you do it on video because you, you speak, you speak <laughs> blushing you know and i guess we didn't get that we still didn't get the clap track yet huh?
1: uh, it's still um, working on.
0: you want me to clap yeah, yeah. We, we, if, 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 we got it All right, looking forward to um, this. This this sounds a little choppy than um, what you're used to in the past decade that we've been doing this. That's because we're on a new format, ladies and gentlemen, and um, the new format that um, Clarion and Fire Engineering um, is always looking for better better ways to um, do what we do and make it more polished and all. So um, so we're um, getting started with the new program, looking forward to getting used to this. Like we got used to the um, old program on Blog Talk Radio, so um, bear with us as we kind of go along. But we're definitely um, the plan is to deliver a great show as we always do. Um, we're a week out now as we speak, um, and because this is going to air on May the eighth, and uh, be a year on day after David's birthday, right, David's. Be um seventy three years old. Actually, seventy four. But anyway, uh, but David, uh, yeah, but David is going to uh, turn uh, whatever age. I'll let him review that when he comes back because he's fading out again. It's that one G Wi Fi won't upgrade and pay for a better Wi Fi. But what, um, but he's gonna be a year old on May the seventh so May the eighth when mm-hmm. the show will air. But as of this recording, we're um, a week out of FDIC, one of the biggest, baddest fire department conferences in North America, fire department's instructors conference coming at you live from Indianapolis, Indiana um, next week. And um, so we're looking forward to attending that. Um, definitely by the time the show airs, FDIC will be over. And then um, we'll go ahead and you know have a post- Mm post-show, I guess you could say, um, discussion after FDIC, discussing all the great things. Um, During FDIC, we have live from FDIC and um, I'll be doing that solo. David has some film um, obligations. He has to take care of Atlanta Atlanta, and then um, he'll head up, but we'll be doing the live from FDIC. Um, So by the time you hear this show, you've been seeing the live show, which is, (laughs) Uh, Tuesday at FDIC from 8 to 9 o'clock in the morning, early in the morning. So I get my coffee wipe to sleep out of my eye and try to make sure that we um, deliver a great project on that day as well. So I'm looking forward to um, what's to come, looking forward to talking about it afterwards, and I'm also listen, looking forward to listening to uh, what we got talked about tonight with our, um, our, our esteemed guests. Um, but if you're going to FDIC, make sure that, um, which I'm sure all of you are, but going to FDIC, it's always kind of a, um, mm-hmm. you, you work all year doing your job, you got your head down, you're doing a good job, you, you're making a difference in your community. And it's a great way to gather and kind of celebrate what we do in our respective communities. This year is gonna be a lot different, of course, because we don't, we, we don't to have um, our fearless leader, Bobby Halton with us. So it's gonna be a little weird, different, and maybe quieter and a little more solemn. And I thought there's gonna be some dedication on Wednesday and also dedications so on um, Wednesday night at 5.30 to 7.15. And so I've been honored to be one of the people that has to speak at that. And I'm trying to come up with something I can say within three minutes, so. Okay. Um, for so three minutes, not easy to quantify all my 20 plus years of knowing uh, Bobby Halton, but you know, we'll give it a shot and make sure that uh, we do that so we respect everyone who's been asked to speak. But <clears throat> if Bobby has taught me anything, is that, you know, just work hard and leave a legacy. I know a lot of us think that um, we're not contributors to, our, to what we do are not the best contributors and we we should do that set a goal make it happen it doesn't have to be as big as writing books and being a great speaker and all that sometimes you could just be a great team member and do something as simple as that and make a difference and in, in wherever you work however big that community is make a difference um however big out of small it all is important every puzzle piece in the mosaic of what we do is important and if everybody takes up that mentality of being number one and being them then you're better for the team and sometimes that's going to look like i wrote a book sometimes it's going to look like i'm a great speaker sometimes it's going to look like you made a a, a death defying save on the fire scene but it all starts with what dave and i preach all the time is that personal leadership and a personal accountability and that mental fitness all of that contributes to your contribution. And even if you make a great rescue, it took a team of people that may not get recognized to help you with that. You know, so, uh, so anyway, we're all important and we all have a personal stake in the success of your individual fire teams as well as American mm-hmm. service, which is kind of a good segue into what we're going to be talking about tonight and um, i'm excited to have um, on the show tonight um and you probably heard of him he's uh he's, when it comes to training and preparing people for <clears throat> advancement in the fire service um there are a few names that come to mind one of the names that um that we're honored to have on tonight is chief freddie fernandez out of miami and you probably heard of him, especially if you've heard of the fire mm-hmm. assessment center on um, prep. And um, he's been successful for many years in making sure that firefighters are ready for um, the um, advancement. Um, and the reason it's so important to prepare is because there, there is a certain preparation and methodology to do all of this. And if you work hard in your preparation, by the time it's time to be in front of those who need to review, it should be reviewed for you because it's not, you're prepared. Um, I've had the pleasure of sitting on many um, assessment teams where we have to assess um, candidates who come in and present their case based on the matrix that that we have in front of us. You can always tell the ones who were prepared, the ones who um, uh, took the time to invest in themselves. They, they spent the time, they spent the money, they Network with um, with different uh, people who are always already successful in the process, and you could tell. And then you could tell the ones that thought they could just kind of come in and BS the system, and the system was designed to smoke those out as well, and they didn't score as high. Um, but there is a different certain methodology. But what I can always appreciate about people like um, Chief Freddie Fernandez is, is that. Um, they had to take time to research what it takes for you to be successful. And that's a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of, um, and then test that theory. And then when they test that theory and they have success with um, people who can attest to their guidance as why they're promoted now. Um, that's even a better testament to all the work you put in. Matter of fact, when I met Bobby Halton years ago, I was preparing for the captain's test in St. Louis, Missouri. And Bobby worked for a a testing company called um, Burroughs and Rock Hill, I think. And um, back in the day before it was Rock Hill and Halton. And um, so that's where I met Bobby. He was one of the instructors and Bobby was, is a great instructor. And um, a lot of the things that he was teaching us uh, was instrumental in, in me becoming um, a captain on the St. Louis Fire Department. Matter of fact, some of the principles were so, um, it was lifelong principles that even helped me become um, deputy chief because I was able to refer back to those principles as well as update with some new information that people were looking for in these um, different you know, job promotions, So, um, so. That's another historic thing going back with Bobby, as far as why preparation is so important. And in the, the the Bobby in uh, the in the company, they weren't cheap. I mean, I think I had to be on the and Raymond noodles for about, uh, about two months to pay for it. But hey, I'm here now and I can afford the steak, you know. So, like, so, so yeah. listen, listen to everyone. Be a cheap. No. But seriously, uh, uh, it's going to take some sacrifice. If you haven't sacrificed some time or some money or some sleep, then you might not be serious about advancing. So I'm not going to take all the time. As you know of me, when we get the show started, I always like to start my little soapbox before we move on with the um, guests. But we're going to talk today about Chief, um, Chief Fernandez's new book, um, I love the name of the book. It makes it sound like a book you want to buy. It makes it sound like, it, the book sounds like something. If I read this, I'm definitely going to be successful. Um, it's the fire assessment center 360. That means you got all, you got everything covered. Um, and then also the subtitle, Past Your Competition. And if um, you are reading something that says Past Your Competition, um, I'm going to tell you, um, I haven't read the whole book. Uh, it's brand new, fresh off the press, but the parts I've read, I can see why if you don't read this book, then somebody's, and somebody who has read this book are going to be climbing past you big time after they get the principles out of this book. Um, we are esteemed to be uh, or honored to be um, mentioned in the book as well. I'm sure Chief Fernandez will touch on that. And I'm um, also like the mission statement Chief Hernandez has for his fire assessment um, center prep, which states that they want to develop excellent fire officers that can demonstrate their knowledge, skills, and abilities on the promotional exam. And as you know, David and I always talk about having that personal mission statement or that personal constitution and let that be your guide in, in making sure that um, you're the best you you can be. So, um, and another thing that I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna let Chief Fernandez just just run with it, is that in the book, if you're one of those people who just say, "Hey, just 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 give me the the, the, the secrets and, and I'm out," uh, this is probably not the book for you. It's not definitely not a quick hit bullet point book that you're gonna get in three chapters. We don't even start getting to the nuts and bolts of this thing until. Um, of how to pass an assessment test until maybe chapter six and beyond. The first five chapters is definitely addressing something near and dear to David and I with that personal leadership. So you know, he has a ton of um, stories and, and resources and things like that and tools available that, that strictly prepares you and maybe even ask you the question, are you really ready for this? Because a lot of the times people will um go for the badge but they're just going for the badge for the wrong reasons so if you're not preparing yourself for the for the promotion for the new responsibilities, you may luck out and pass the test but your deficit in leadership your deficit in being able to handle the weight of the new responsibility will catch up with you and if it doesn't crush you by your peers it's definitely going to frustrate you because you're gonna wonder why you're not um, as productive as an officer and um, so that's that was my takeaway from it and hopefully uh, chief Hernandez can even validate that or say no you got it all wrong so anyway wow. but anyway <laughs> let's uh let's get started at and, uh, and, and get into the new book uh, so chief Hernandez' good to see you thanks for joining us um how many books is this for you
2: this is actually my first official book i wrote one many years ago a short ebook for entry-level interview processes but this is my first official printed press 300 page book so i'm super excited about it and i'm so happy to have be on the show with you and honored that you'd have me as a guest so thank you so much
0: Give us a little history on Chief Freddie Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it is it Frederick or is it Freddie or is it? You know? I, I love <laughs> one by just Chief Freddie, not even the last name. <laughs> All right. So, uh, give a give a little history. Uh, getting started. How long you have been in the business? What motivated you to um, to take on this um, this venture of um, helping people with um, exam prep? Well, um,
2: thank you for allowing me to share a little bit about my background. Um, I got hired into fire service in 1983, so 40 years ago as of today's taping. And I like to say that I've been a student of the game for all 40 of those years, including today. I'm constantly trying to learn. But what got me into the fire service as a young person, um, I had a lot of uh, cases around my neighborhood where there were big events. We actually had a plane crash about four or five blocks from my home one time. I live near the Miami International Airport. And I had a lot of other events, and I saw the firefighters working, and I said, you know, that is just something I like to do. I was drawn to that, the excitement of helping people. So I got hired in Miami Fire Department, which was great because I got to work in the community where I grew up in. My lieutenant station where I worked at Station 12 of Liberty City in Miami was literally a fence separated from my middle school. Mm-hmm. I literally went to middle school right next to the fire station. I drove my bike as a kid around a lot of the fire stations. So, That was a great thing to be able to work in a community you grew up in the schools you went to etc so i worked my way up through the organization i became a lieutenant after five years a captain after 10 a battalion chief after 15 years and i kept growing and learning but the entire time i was always working off duty at the community college so i worked at miami-dade community college four campuses the medical campus the fire academy the police academy and, uh, and in general studies academy. So I was able to work in all of these different areas and just have this passion for training. So back in 1998 and 99, I took my promotion exams and I scored number one on the exam in 1998, but I didn't get promoted for battalion chief on an assessment center. I had to take the test a second time in 1999 and I was able and fortunate enough to score number one a second time But what that allowed me to really do is to really get into this, understand how this entire process works. And that's been my drive, Larry, is to help people develop, help people challenge the process, but to develop themselves first. And that's why I think what the things I talk about in the book, like you said, the first five chapters don't even hardly talk about the assessment center process. They talk about things like developing a village of people to help you prepare. Uh, Mm -hmm. growing mentors finding the right resources um i one of the quotes that i have in the book is from some some doctors that deal with uh phds that deal with assessment centers and they say that never try to snow the assessors never try to be something you're not and -hmm. that's why the entire first five chapters of the book is all about self-development so i I think you summed that up really really well Mm
3: -hmm. yes so in
2: 1999 I started my company, fireassessmentcenterprep.com to train people to get promoted, to challenge the oral boards and the interviews. But the one thing that bothered me, it always just, just, it was like nails on a chalkboard is when people said, hey, just tell me what they wanna hear. Tell me how to get promoted. And I said, we're not a good fit. We're not a good fit. If that's what you're in for, I'm not comfortable working with you because my responsibility is if you get in that right front seat, I want people to go, I'm confident of that man or that woman that's in that right front seat, the chief's car, whatever the position is. So that's kind of the whole premise that I I wrote the book under. I tried to take what I've learned over the last, at the time that I started writing the book, 39 years in the fire service, 23 years of training people from all over the country for assessment centers. And I tried to tie that into the book. I like to show you how to do things on the test but I gotta make sure that you're ready to do the job first. Mm, And I think you summed that up really well earlier.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and uh, man, if I was writing a book um, on this same subject, I would start out the exact same way since David and I are so rooted in the um, personal leadership message. And not so much a message, we just think it's a principle that should be followed because I think it gives you quality and longevity for not only the firefighters you serve but for you as a person because you're constantly growing because that's what you've trained yourself to do you know too many people pass the test i remember being young in the fire service and i didn't know how to quantify to put my finger on it but i did know that for some reason um this person might have been my boss but they weren't a good leader they were they had the badge but their leadership sucked, and I was just wasn't <laughs> impressed. And which kind of was part of my motivation for even uh, writing glue. It was these little C's and little notes I took from just different leadership styles, and realizing it could be a lot better. And also to keep me challenging, being better as well. I always start with number one first, and then kind of walk it from there. Um, <clears throat> And and so you're talking about people you've helped around the country, and I noticed that uh, we have a mutual friend, and um, and he's one of your star students, which is uh, Demond Lamont Sanford um, Simmons. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I love him. I I, we
2: you you'd have to know us. You'd have to know the history. But whenever I talk to Demond, or he talks to me, we start with, "Hey, you big dummy." And you'd have to know that history from Sanford and Sanford. Yes, I grew up Sanford. Sanford. watching that show with my dad, but yeah. that's how DeMond and I kind of <laughs> hit it off. But he's yeah. one of the favorite people I've ever trained. He is just, uh, to me, such a role model for what this book is about. And that's why I, I had to have a section in there about DeMond and I'm glad yeah. you brought him up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, we, uh, he and I, uh, we, we don't stay in touch as much as I want to, but every time we see each other, it's all love. And he's an example of, um, a lot of things I, I'd like to continue to do. I know he's Dr. DeMond Simmons now, and that's one of the things on my my list to do, you know, heading toward the Masters this fall and after the Masters mm-hmm. off to Dr. Larry Conley. So I want to be able to mm-hmm. do some doctor stuff as well, but not so much that, I mean, it's a personal thing for me, but I just think the growth is going to make me do, and I'll be able to serve better, I think, and, in that capacity. and Not that you can't, but that's just a, a route I want to go because for years I just had to put school on hold because I was, you know, raising my children and things like that. But now they're gone and grown. So I'm like, why not finish what I started, you know, so I finished the bachelor's and now it's on to the master's and then the um, PhD afterwards. And when I see people like um, DeMond Simmons and a few other people I know who have um uh, went that route and achieved it. Dr. Dennis O'Neill, one of my favorite people to talk about. Um, people like that, that kind of that iron sharpens iron mentality when you hang around people who, who really have um, achieved some great things um, personally in the fire service, um, you tend to want to step your game up as well. And, uh, I'd like
2: to, if, if you don't mind, I know DeMond doesn't mind because he gave me permission to write about it in the book, but do mm-hmm. you think I could share a little story about DeMond?
0: Sure, sure.
2: All right, so DeMond reaches out to me through my fire assessment center prep company four years ago, when he's prepping for a battalion chief test. And he's, you know, hey, I want to know a little bit more about your program. I've heard about you. So we chat back and forth. But the immediate thing was, hey, do you realize that in Sanford and Son, the character named Lamont, his name was DeMond, and he goes, well, by the way, my middle name is Lamont. Right, That's right, how right. I was named. Yeah. So we started trading back and forth all the jokes about the show and your big dummy and all the characters and Aunt yeah. Esther. And I mean, I watched that show as a little kid with my dad, you know, sitting in the living room floor and I had to get up to change the channels on the T V because we didn't right. have remote control. in right, yeah. those days. Right. I understand. So, to date, to date us. so as we start prepping, I describe how the program works and I says, Well, the basic program will include two two hour sessions of coaching. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I want more coaching than that. I, that's not gonna be sufficient. So I said, let's just start with that and we'll see where we're at. So we run our two sessions and I says, man, you are just spectacular. You are amazing. He goes, and I said, I don't think you need any more training. He says, sign me up for two more.
3: Yeah.
2: And I go, listen, are you not listening to me? Right, right, right. He goes, no, no, I heard you, Chief, but sign me up for two more. Hmm. So we do the two more sessions. And then he says, I want two more. So finally, mm. I put my foot down and I says, no, no, we're, I, that's it. I'm not going to train you anymore. <laughs> so he says, can I train with your partner? And I mm. go, man, what's it going to take for you to understand that you are at a very high level? So I put him in touch with my partner, Chief David Johns, with Fire Assessment Center Prep, mm-hmm. and he signed up for the training. About one hour into a two hour block, my partner said, we're done. We're done. I'm refunding your fee. We're done. So he tests for the battalion chief test. he scores number one, he gets promoted and you know the rest is sort of history so mm-hmm. to speak. And now he's a deputy chief. I think the last uh, when I spoke right. to him recently, he's in charge of uh, support services or logistics mm-hmm. uh, over there in the organization. but he also his fire chief also came from the Northeast. He's also a PhD uh, mm-hmm. chief Freeman.
3: Right. so right. there's
2: a lot of great leadership in that in that agency. Um, and he is one of my favorite students. And when I was out last year doing some in-person training in San Francisco, we actually met up. He drove over the bridge and he picked me up and took me out to dinner. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought him up. And that's why I put him in the book. Yeah. Because he is what this book
0: is all about. Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. No,
0: he's good. And his continued striving for excellence because, like you said, most people would say, good, I'm done. But he wanted to keep on sharpening that, that saw. Uh, we saw him last year. He, he said in our Glue Personal Leadership class because we we taught out in Oakland last year, and mm-hmm. um, he was one of the people instrumental in setting that up at the college. And um, so he said in the class and participated and 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 was a great one of the great hosts who was out there. And uh, of course we know Chief Reggie Freeman as well. Um, so um, so you know it's it, it's a great. Um, cadre of um, excellence there if you will and And the um,
2: key with those people too i think is their humility yes because Mm -hmm. they're never one to tell you hey i've got a phd i've got this certification Mm -hmm. that certification because like i quote a lot of my book dr john maxwell one of my favorite leadership Mm -hmm. gurus and i've I've read 25 of his books at least twice and um one of the things that dr maxwell says is nobody cares how much you know until they know how mm-hmm. much you care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's also you know something I mm-hmm. try to espouse and, and talk about family and, and balancing everything. And I know we've got your lovely mom on the show. and that's one of the things that I talk about in the book. I call it the village of setting mm-hmm. up your village of helpers. And mm-hmm. you know, we've all studied for exams. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are, have studied for exams, how stressful it is, how much time you're trying to put in. And when you're in the middle of studying, your roof leaks, your toilet backs up, your car gets Mm -hmm. a flat tire, all of these other things that happen in life. And when things are going well in our life, we adjust, we adapt. You know, we go to Mm -hmm. the tire store and we get a tire chain. But when you're in the middle of studying, you're like, oh, my gosh, this couldn't have been a worse time. Right. So I talk about it. And that's why I'm so glad to have your mom on here because I know how important it is. And I talk a lot about that in the book. And I call it the village
3: Mm -hmm.
0: and getting
2: all of your helpers to help you.
0: Sure. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. It does take a village, and um, you need mm-hmm. that support because life doesn't yeah. just get on hold just because you're trying to study for a test.
3: Like, yeah,
0: life don't say, "Well, I'm gonna chill." And then once you're done, I'll, I'm back at you. You know, that's not mm-hmm. how that. Works. Um, so, great, great stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I like at the end of uh, you know we just talked about how um, you go through the first five chapters just in mental and self-preparation uh, before you even get to the nuts and bolts of things. And I like how you ended chapter five, where you said today I will generate an achievable self-development plan in order to increase my knowledge, skills, abilities, and personal characteristics long before the assessments and exam date is posted. Um, <laughs> and it kind of reminds me, you said in the, in the, in the big way, uh, one of the things I used to tell the, uh, guys from the St. Louis Fire Department since I was there that long is that your preparation for the test doesn't start when the hang sheet drops. It's mm-hmm. already too late in. Once they post a hang sheet, they say, ooh, I better start studying. You're already mm-hmm. behind an eight ball. You, you, yeah. chance, I mean, you're lucky if you rank high enough. And, and some people do, but you don't want to bet your life on that. Um, mm-hmm. Just like I was telling people, you don't want to bet your life. You may win a lottery, but you don't want to live your life playing the lottery, you want to go to work every day and increase your chances of eating regularly and keeping the roof over your head. But, so it's the same thing with this. Um, uh, with, with that being said, um, kind of um, tell us, when did it hit you? And maybe for our listeners, like some of the practices that you found yourself doing and this personal preparation before the hang sheet dropped that you mm-hmm. think was instrumental in making you as successful as you were when you did get to the nuts and bolts of the exam?
2: I think the biggest thing is, well, a, a few things, but I have a whole chapter dedicated to mentors and mentoring and trying mm-hmm. to find those mentors. And you see people and you see the way they're respected, the way they conduct themselves, and I'm not even just talking on emergency scenes. I'm talking at training ground, day-to-day operations at the fire station, or when dealing with outside entities, external stakeholders, and you say to yourself, wow, I'd like to have what that person has. Mm-hmm. So I think a big thing is mentors. You mentioned earlier about FDIC, so I'm a big fan of attending these conferences whenever possible, whether they're a local conference being put on by a department in your area, or you know the mega show like we have in Indianapolis with 35,000 people attending you're gonna get something out of all of the shows.
3: Yeah.
2: And um, I remember a few years ago, I was presenting, I had a section I presented at FDIC, and I was done presenting, I was on cloud nine, I had a big group of people, I thought it went really well, I was just super, super stoked and super happy about it. And then I'm looking through the book, trying to pick a session for myself. And here's where ego can get in the way. Mm. So I read a topic, but the presenter was a lieutenant. And I said to myself, man, you know, I'm a chief, he's a lieutenant, what am I gonna get out of this? You know, let me pick another one. But the topic was so good. It was about slicers and indirect fire attack and traditional fire attack, which is relatively new, you know, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, Freddy, check your ego at the door, go in the lesson. If you don't like it after 10 or 15 minutes, there'll be another one you can walk out and go to another room. So I walked in and within five minutes, I was mesmerized at what a great presentation it was so Mm -hmm. i was so happy that i didn't let my ego get in the way Mm -hmm. and i learned just an incredible amount of material there Mm -hmm. so mentors going to the conferences um, and then always looking for ways to improve so um, that is the premise that i kind of wrote the entire book on is that you cannot demonstrate something on the test you don't already possess Mm -hmm. so i want us to get Mm -hmm. good at our craft good good at our profession and then find ways to get that across like you said you've evaluated a, a multiple tests with a clock running under mm-hmm. pressure with a sterile environment you know when we go to a fire scene we can hear the alarm going off we can see the smoke we can see the look on people's faces but on a test you have a, just a, a screen that you're looking at you may not get the feedback so you have to kind of adapt what you do for real to the test setting but you shouldn't do something on the test you wouldn't do for real Wow. And that That's applies cool. to your subordinates, which is your number one asset.
4: Mm-hmm. Another
2: big driver for me that drives me and in chapter um, on subordinate counseling in the book, I actually dedicated the chapter to a firefighter that I worked with for many years in the city of Miami. And the reason I did is it was a firefighter suicide. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I talk a lot about our interpersonal skills, our interpersonal dynamics. Um, I bring in, I quoted over 40 different textbooks, both from the fire service, from outside the fire service. Some of the names are the familiar names like uh, Chief Salka, Chief Lasky, Chief Ludwig that used to work there in St. Louis, uh, a chief from uh, Canada, Chief Carpluck. I quote Jason Hovelman, I quote a lot of different sources. And what I want people to do is to go for those sources, read those sources, attend those conferences. Um, because you 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 just can't in a ten minute scenario in front of a panel <laughs> do something that you don't can't do for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Cool. yeah. David, um uh, David might want to touch on like um our methodology when we do our class and mm-hmm. even this whole thing about um <clears throat> how important that preparation is to prevent you from not prevent, lessen the chances of maybe you ending up in um you know, the suicide thought or the, or the actually um, executing that. So, um,
1: yeah, we uh, have uh, in the class, the empower model, you know, which if you take that model and internalize it, it improves uh, a lot of your performance personally and professionally, uh, gives you a great balance of efficiency and effectiveness in your performance. But one of the things that it does uh one of the elements is just that recharge element that helps you to you know keep your mental physical spiritual uh intellectual um readiness at a, at a level that where you can start to perceive uh any dips in that any challenges that you may be having where you can go and get yourself you know sort of checked out or back to a state uh, of readiness where you're not melting down or or flaming out, you know. Um, But the other thing is it builds on some of those uh, interpersonal uh, interactions that you were talking about, uh, Chief, where we're able to also be sensitive to the, you know, just the the vibrations, if you will, for lack of a better term, of uh, those people on our team. And you're able to kind of be there for them. And sometimes uh, being there is nonverbal. Uh, sometimes it's it's just a matter of being able to have a psychologically safe space where people know that they can come to you, talk about things, count on you, be a mentor, where uh, you can be a mentor rather to them or vice versa. Uh, so that sort of interchange and exchange uh, of 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 energy of of relationship uh, is a thing that, like you said, not only helps with the tests and what have you, but just helps uh, with With overall, you know, personal and professional uh, performance and and fitness and readiness. And I I think that one of the things we have, we have a suicide uh, based scenario in the class. And we try to tell people that it's really not a thing to say this is a cure, uh, you know, definite thing to stop suicides, but it is to say that uh, list how important listening is, how important. Uh, understanding each other is, how important understanding yourself is, uh, and and doing these things in preparation mode before and hopefully to prevent uh, any of these sorts of issues, because uh, seismic challenges can come to us at any time in life, and it's unpredictable. Like you were saying about uh, when you're taking the test, you know, the test doesn't care that you got to also uh, do these other things in life. So your study schedule doesn't care for that same same for, you know, just life in general. So if you never know when those things are coming. Uh, that type of preparation and readiness we're talking about is for you to have a, a, a sort of baseline uh, way to, you know, hopefully deal uh, better. And so that's kind of, you know, one of the things that we're working towards when we're in the class. Yeah, one of the things
2: that I incorporated in the book is one of our colleagues that she'll be presenting at FDIC this year, she's presented before, which is Chief Dina Ali from the Raleigh Fire Department. Mm -hmm. Dina is pictured in the book. Actually, her picture's in the book on page 16. She's in Chapter 2. Dina's one of my former students. I helped her prepare for company officer and for battalion chief, but she's very instrumental in this field, and she shares just an incredible amount of knowledge in this field about how to deal with these situations. But I think, Larry, uh, David, one of the things you were talking about was that relationship where Mm -hmm. somebody who's having struggles feels comfortable speaking with you, but Mm -hmm. that'll never exist if they don't trust you. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the quotes I have in the book from General Colin Powell is that the essence of leadership, which is a great speech that he gave at where he answered a question about what's the most important thing in leadership. And he said, it's trust. Mm -hmm. So the personnel have to be able to trust you. Now, if they don't trust you, how are they gonna feel comfortable sharing something so sensitive as their behavioral, their emotional uh, issues? Mm
3: -hmm. So I think
2: it's crucial that we look at it from that perspective is that we have to establish these relationships. And one of the things that I like to talk about is leading versus managing. Mm -hmm. And I get frustrated when people use those terms interchangeably. And I Mm -hmm. always tell people that leadership, this is the way that I describe it. Leadership is about people. Mm-hmm. Management is about processes.
4: So wow. a very, very short yes, definition.
2: Right. I'm sure we could, yes. we could spend days and your lessons talk about a lot of that stuff, but that's the, the nuts and bolts. We lead people and we manage processes. But for test purposes and day-to-day purposes at the fire station, or as an administrator, you have to lead and manage.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: can't do one or the other exclusively, but there's times for both. And I think that's one of the concepts that I tried to push in the book is that um, like Chief Escuso says, um, if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think his quote is, if you, could, if you, if the leader of one can one day lead many, but if you can't lead your one, you can't lead any. Mm-hmm. Right. So I coach Chief and in, in, in his book too, to step up and lead, because he's got so much good information in his book as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's true.
1: the efficiency effectiveness balance. You know what I mean. Like uh, managing processes is a matter of efficiency, um, and and doing that well will make you you know more efficient. But but how effective are you at, at when it comes to you know things those intangibles, those things like the trust and and things like that that you build over time with people and first with yourself, and then uh, you know you build that. Your relationships with others to where now when you partner those two things together, your your the and I'm using performance level, but I'm just saying how how good everything works for you in that sense just kind of grows exponentially, you know. Yeah, when when uh, I actually tell a story about Dina
2: in the book because when she reached out to me to prep for the battalion chief's test, she wasn't all that sure she was ready for it. She wasn't sure the timing was right. And then she started with, I have a great crew. And I says, Dina, with all due respect, they're a great crew because you're a great leader. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, you know, they're really great. And I says, yes, mm-hmm. they are. And I said, Dina, uh, how many of your crew transfers out periodically? She goes, oh, no, no, we've been together for years. And then I think that's when the light bulb kind of went mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, listen, if you wait for the perfect time to say, this is the perfect time to be a battalion chief, when is that going to be? It's, it's yeah. it really never going to be the perfect time. Mm-hmm so you know we we went through that we worked through that and then sure enough she you know she put in for the test she did a great job she got promoted and you know i stay in touch with her she was one of the reviewers of my book actually she she read it Mm -hmm. for me and proofread the book so i'm very very grateful for that Mm -hmm. and but the thing is now by getting promoted she's got a bigger net she can cast yeah she can reach out to more people contact more people connect with more people so that's kind of the premise i think david you were talking about is being able to you know, establish those relationships and be able to connect with more people because that's the essence of leadership—is being able to connect with people. But um they don't want—you definitely don't want them to follow you because of your title or because of your rank. And I think Larry mm-hmm. talked about that earlier. And that having a badge, having three stripes, three bars, three trumpets, three bugles—none of that makes you a leader. <laughs> the mm-hmm. only thing that can make you a leader are your subordinates that are willing to lead, right? Mm-hmm. And willing, willing to be led, I should say.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, you said and you said one of the things you said is address yourselves
3: mm-hmm.
0: and um, our actions to prepare and tackle the assessment center. And I think we just need to. The, I think we stay in the in the situation now where everyone has kind of succumbed to it a little bit. I don't want to blame it on generational it's a lot of factors i think we're, we're we've become an instant society you want to know some news you just click your phone and pick up something right there you don't have to be smart anymore you just google everything mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. my kids well if i was living in this era i'd be a genius because you know, <laughs> we had to read them heavy encyclopedia britannica oh my gosh yeah, elaine yeah. Michael Fish at the library and that all that kind of put in work to, the it to work do your work, you know. So, mm-hmm. so it's just now, it's just things are so much at your fingertips. Um, but some some processes don't really change. It's, it's still, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like a pastor that we said a long time ago used to say, you can't run from yourself because no matter where you go, there you are.
3: Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: I think your book in making sure that that message is take care of everything you need to your deficiencies your personal um, um hang um, celebrate your victories build on those victories but address those hangups because getting the gold badge is not going to make that go away matter of fact it's probably going to make it worse because mm-hmm. the pressure that you ain't ready for is going to not only damage you, but it's probably going to damage your family, damage your crew that you serve, or if you have a superiority complex that I'm the chief or I'm the captain, or I'm the lieutenant. Uh, if your people don't respect you and feel like, like you said, you create a safe environment or um, that whole attitude where I'm here to serve, serve and lead is a whole different dynamic than I just, you know, lead and manage and intimidate <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah, talking not going to work long-term.
2: Talking about that newer generation, that's one of the reasons in the book I, I listed a lot of the podcasts, both fire service podcasts and non-fire service podcasts that I enjoy listening to, because a lot of people nowadays get their information from a podcast and that mm-hmm. way they can just download it. Then they, if they have a long commute or something, they can listen to it uh, there. Mm-hmm. But one of the other things I, I tried to do is share current date information that at some point may be outdated, but I also shared the legacy. So you talked about uh, the unfortunate passing away of Bobby Halton, all he did for FDIC, but I also talked in the book about Chief Alan Brunacini, and I shared about his customer service book. I had the pleasure of, of meeting Alan Chief Brunacini on multiple occasions. So obviously his sons are carrying on that legacy with the blue card program. So you know I, I mentioned that in the book as a resource. Uh, we lost another fire service legend dr harry carter that mm-hmm. contributed tremendously to the fire service mm-hmm. so i listed from harry carter's book a size up system that he has an eight-step process to size up so what i tried to do in the book when it came to a lot of these things is say hey look this is a system for instance coal was wealth.
3: Mm-hmm. for
2: instance the eight step size up in the bunicini blue card program you have what they call f pod p Right. So what are the facts? What's the probability? What's my own situation? Let's make a Mm -hmm. decision and let's implement the plan. So what I tell my students Mm -hmm. in the book and and the students that David and I train in our our assessment center training is I can give you a system, but can you apply it under pressure Mm -hmm. on an unknown situation with a Mm -hmm. clock running? Mm -hmm. Because if I tell you, you've got a structure fire in a uh, taxpayer with people hanging out the window on the Charlie side, and I give you an hour, yeah, you could come up with all the great scenario, but what if mm-hmm. I tell you, hey, you got 30 seconds to tell me what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. So that's where you can't fake the assessors like you said earlier, that you know yeah. right away who's prepared and who's not.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, when when you, you know, I was a um, fire captain for over 13 years um, before I got the um, deputy chief job. And a lot of times we were first in our, or engine company or truck company you want to call it um it went from engine to truck because they changed how you uh, address what the quint was but um but a lot of times it didn't change the demographics of being first into a lot of fires and like i said you had to make that decision right now your life safety you had uh, buildings a lot of times we showed up you might have a vacant building that's impinging on occupied exposure um, how do you address that? Um, you know, um, you showed that one day there was a motel on fire and the fire got up into the, into the uh, attic space. And there was, I mean, it ran the whole length of the one story
3: mm-hmm.
0: hill, which means you had all this void space. So once mm-hmm. the fire got up in there, it just ran it. And um, I said, Hey, <laughs> this is going places that we need a second alarm right now. And, mm-hmm. Historically, a captain, unless you was riding the seat in the um uh, in in the chief buggy, you wasn't. I won't say you weren't authorized to do it. You definitely authorized to do whatever's best. But what I'm saying, recognizing that kind of stuff, that if it was an assessment test, I definitely mm. would call stuff like call it on the scene too, so we can get ahead of this thing. Because once that fire gets up in that space and starts traveling in you know, all that void space. Um, everybody's in danger. So when we got up there, That was able to get enough resources to the scene, uh, making those trench cuts, getting ahead of the fire, and it saved a lot of their building and probably saved a lot of lives um, mm-hmm. because of the teamwork of a lot of people on the scene who knew what they were doing. And under that type of pressure, um, wasn't standing there with their mouth open like, this really looks bad. <laughs> I mean, <they'd> be- <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, You talked earlier
2: earlier about that entire team. And in reality, uh, sometimes as firefighters and paramedics and people out in the field, we tend to think of ourselves as a team. But what if the dispatcher doesn't pick up the phone and properly process Mm -hmm. the call? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: What if the shop mechanic didn't tune up the vehicle correctly and the vehicle Mm -hmm. doesn't start? Mm-hmm. So what if the logistics people didn't have the right gear and you don't have a hood and you wind up getting burned? Mm-hmm. So there's just so many more people to the team. And that's yeah. the team concept that I like to always espouse mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. it, it takes everybody to make it work. Yeah, sure. And um, unfortunately, yeah. a, a, a friend of mine just lost his father a couple of weeks ago. And when he called EMS, the fire department in a, in a local jurisdiction down here, which I won't name, it took him 13 and a half minutes to arrive. And the fire station is 10 blocks from his house.
3: Mm. Mm.
2: So there were some issues with dispatch. So mm. no matter what the paramedics showed up and the fire crew that showed up, the, the BLS and, and the ALS crew that showed up, so much time had elapsed that who knows if, if maybe something could have right. been done earlier, an intervention could have been done earlier. but um, mm. that's important that we look at everything holistically. Sure. And especially as you move up the organization, remember that it's not just the firefighters out there that that respond when the bell rings. It's all the other people that make the bell ring.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um we we had a rescue years ago where we rescued. I don't know. I got the award downstairs in the basement somewhere. Um, I got to start putting this stuff up. There's <laughs> a lot of awards like mm-hmm. we we got this company awards like that. I need to do it. To, just to have a record of some of it, but anyway, uh, we got the award, and we rescued multiple people out of this um, uh, multi-family uh, dwelling. And um, so the govern we got like the governor's award for it, our our um, battalion, and you know, and the um, medic units that were on the scene. But one of the things I was glad that um, Chief Jinxon of the St. Louis Fire Department did is that the dispatchers got awards too. Um, mm-hmm. before that put because they were um, on point that night with getting um, as much accurate information as they could with frantic people calling. Um, we got there, knew what to do, and it all started with how well the dispatchers got us out the door and made those rescues. And um, they, it was it was challenging because it was you know it was all kind of big people, small people, little kids, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, elderly the whole nine and um, so for us to make do it that coordinated that well it was just a perfect storm but like you said it all started with the dispatchers it started with the well-trained uh, firefighters on the scene it started with divisions uh, and the um, direction of the battalion chiefs on the scene it started with um, the timely arrival of the medic units knowing what to do getting them in the back making quick assessments mm-hmm. Um, stabilizing vitals and, and and getting them to the hospital on a timely matter, so it was all one big team effort that led to um all those lives being saved that they mm-hmm. challenging multi um you know multi-family dwelling so you' you're absolutely right about that it mm-hmm. takes it takes a village on the fire scene as well mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> um yeah. one of the things chief that uh, we, we we talk about and the reason we include our dear mother uh, miss elaine in the whole conversation is because um she really believes in that recharge wind down um taking that time to rest like we're intentional about training we're intentional about studying we're intentional about networking we're intentional about all that kind of stuff but a lot of times this sleep when you're dead mentality can burn you out before you can really maximize everything that you're chasing you're chasing and chasing and chasing and then but if you're not intentional about your your rest and your recharge um you can you know you can burn yourself out so um <laughs> elaine so why don't you kind of touch on that because i know that's something that is very dear to you and something that she has um has shown me i don't do as well as i should but <laughs> but she has shown me and also has shown a lot of our a um, few firefighters and a lot of our dispatchers as well. When we brought the dispatchers, I thought about, I mean, dispatchers that, you know, call her mom and really looked to her to, uh, Miss Lane, tell me about risk. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it fits into this equation, Miss Lane.
4: Well, no, um, one of the things that I was listening to and kind of touching on the leadership concept is. And you always think of a leader being in charge of everybody else and thinking of everybody else but themselves. So it's really should start with me, myself, and I because the better care you take of yourself, better you're gonna perform, and the better care you'll take of people that are under you in terms of your positions and things like that. And sometimes when I've listened to um different stories about firefighters at the fire scene everything is not going just according to the exact way that you might have learned how to tackle that problem in your training. Sometimes you might have to become a little innovative, but you always have to be thinking on your feet, but you think on your feet better. Sometimes you're resting, lying down (laughs) and taking care of yourself when you're not on duty. And I found through the years that almost all the professions, but especially first responders, uh, they, they kind of tend to neglect themselves when they're off duty. And so my thing became trying to help people in general, but especially first responders see that the better you take care of you when you're not working the more alert and awake and, and, you know, able to do your job at your best is when you're well rested and when you've taken care of yourself. Because I found out that on those on those long off days, <laughs> that was your rip and run time. You know, mm-hmm. you already been ripping and running, chasing, you know, fires and, and responding to all kinds of calls. So when you're on your off days, you really want to make sure you take some time out to truly you know regroup and and just rest
3: mm-hmm.
4: um I, I have an acronym for rest and it's called replenish every step taken and so but especially first responders they take a lot of steps steps out there on the job and when they come home sometimes they keep running mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. never you know never really shut it down and and just take time out to regroup and replenish. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to interject that a little bit because um, it is a necessity to take care of you as best you can too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I heard a statistic about you know firefighters and having a, a you know high suicide rate and and you know succumbing to other problems as far as their health was concerned. And a lot of them, a lot of the problems, was due to just not taking care of you. So Mm -hmm. you're focused on taking care of everybody else, but you got to include you into the into the equation as well.
2: Yeah, I actually uh, Elaine, you bring up a very good point. uh, Mm And in the book, I actually have about two and a half pages that all talk about sleep and (laughs) recommendations about how to sleep and different tools and different steps Mm -hmm. to help us. Because Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. said that in the fire service, and I'm sure you can attest. That you sleep with one eye open
3: yes right? mm-hmm. you never
2: actually sleep yeah. okay. because you're always waiting mm-hmm. for the next bell to hit the next phone yes. to go off so you never really get fully rested That's and right. i thought that was a big component to the studying as well
3: mm-hmm. and i
2: actually write in the book that if you have a bad shift and you're up all night running calls go home and go to sleep okay mm-hmm. and then you can study mm-hmm. that afternoon yeah. instead mm-hmm. of getting that mindset that, oh gosh no larry's studying David's studying i gotta study Mm -hmm. And then you force yourself, and it's really not productive. Mm
3: -hmm. So I
2: actually dedicated a whole section to that. And I thank you for sharing that, Elaine, about the importance of getting that rest and replenishing every step. I like that acronym Mm -hmm. you have.
0: Mm -hmm. And because a lot (laughs) of times, and and, and, and that's another reason we have to um, um, work hard to manage our personal um, leadership is because Mm -hmm. if you like a lot of us, myself included, I know a lot of firefighters, they got major jobs on a day off. You know, they mm-hmm. you know, I, I work at the firehouse, but when I get off I got this big construction job or I cut lawns or I um, you know, do they do a lot of work mm-hmm. and they kind of downplay their time at the firehouse. I remember mm-hmm. Chief Jenkinson saying one time, if you're at the store and somebody hears two firefighters talking, they'll think all you do is sleep at the firehouse because mm-hmm. you didn't get fire with most firefighters would say, well, how's was your shift? Uh, you know, we had 10 calls, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. a, because it wasn't a fire. But mm-hmm. if you 10 calls and you was up four times after midnight, mm-hmm. uh, you that, that deprives your sleep. Those these little times of not resting, not recharging and things like that can contribute. So you couple that with going to cut the, the fifty lawns you gotta cut or the <laughs> construction you gotta cut to do. And then you're doing it because maybe you are deep in debt by you had to buy that boat right now or you had to do you know, just a lot of things that you could pile on because being at the firehouse, you, you shift your mindset into only work ten days a month or however many days you work. And since you qualify that as almost like a part time job in the mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. But you don't realize that, um, Missy Elaine used to tell me when I was um, young in the service, they give you those days off for a reason.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. So some of those days mm-hmm. need to be
0: dedicated to resting and replenishing so you can be there for the long haul. But the reason I brought it up because imagine trying to study mm-hmm. for a promotional exam with the demand that you talk about, um, in the book in order to keep up with, um, you know, climbing past people, but you deplete depleted because you just got to mm. working your second job and yeah. you got, you know, things going on at home, whether how well you manage that. And then I got to study too. And you got those mm-hmm. pressures as well. So all of that kind of stuff can really can contribute to insidiously taking um, the quality of life away. What, what do you think about that, Chief?
4: What can... Personal, could, well, I'm
2: going to let Elaine talk and then I have a little story I'll share about that. I'm,
4: I'm sorry. But one of the things I wanted to say, too, I thought something that I always thought it was kind of interesting that because oftentimes firefighters sleep on the, you know, when they're in the front house, when there's nothing going on. But that kind of sleep is not typically restful, as restful as the kind that when you are off work altogether. And uh, the other thing was when the bell goes off or the alarm goes off, you got to wake up running, you know, you can't stretch and, you know, like you would if you were going uh, taking a sleep at home or waking up in the morning and, uh, and you're at home. You got to be at the ready. And, and you got how many minutes to to get everything ready so you can get going? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, what, it's, it's a certain amount of minutes. You're supposed to have everything to, you know, be up and, and ready to get up and go take care of whatever the emergency is. So even that kind of sleep is not particularly restful sleep because you have to always be waking up at the ready. <laughs> and so that's not, you know, it's, it's better than nothing, but it's not restful replenishing sleep.
2: Yep. And, um, you know, and during the process, and I, I guess throughout our entire career, um, exercise is very important. As we know, cancer is a big threat. But cardiac mm-hmm. is a big threat for us as well. Okay. So, I share a story in the book of when I was studying. This is back in 1987. I was studying for my lieutenant's test. That exam was all written. Everybody knows the drill, 10 different books and manuals and SOPs and all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I was doing eight to 10 hours a day, eight to 10 hours a day, which eight hours of studying is really about 16 hours of the day. Because when mm-hmm. I say eight hours of studying, I'm talking eight hours in the book. So, this is going on for months. So the last six weeks before the exam, I still remember the date, it was December 10th, 1987. That was the date of (laughs) Lieutenant's exam. I had taken six weeks off. I had swapped shifts and all my vacation, I've loaded all my time. So I didn't work for six weeks. Mm. And after that, I owed a lot of shift swaps, I had to pay back. But the day of the exam, we got out of the exam about three in the afternoon and it was Mm. my shift day. So Mm. I went back to the fire station. I take my personal key, open my locker. I grab a pair of pants and they would not fit. Mm -hmm. I closed the locker and I checked, is this really my locker? And yeah, that's my wife's picture. That's my kid's picture, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is my locker. So my clothes wouldn't fit. And luckily in that era, we could wear jumpsuits. So the only thing that I had that would fit was a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. And then I had to get a a slip to get new uniforms. I had to go get new uniforms. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, that'll never happen to me again the next time I study. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important. And we're talking about healthy pursuits and we talk about Mm. the stressors. So I just read an article Mm. recently that says the average person will have two or three major traumatic events in their life, Mm -hmm. but a firefighter EMS worker might have 180 over the course of their career that they're privy to, that Mm. they're witness to. Mm. So see the the ratio there, how incredible it is. So Mm. one of the things that I'd like to espouse is working out and mm-hmm. i'm a big crossfit guy i go to crossfit today i'm retired i can do whatever i want i run my own <laughs> business i run my own hours i go to crossfit at 6 15 every morning
3: mm, and gosh, i tell yeah.
2: people there yeah i'm a little lazy i only go five days a week
3: <laughs> and they just
2: start laughing what do you mean you're here every day you know <laughs> and i'm like yeah but that's how i start my day mm-hmm. and that one hour is just such a disconnect and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the oldest person there. The young kids are playing music that I never heard of and, and artists that I never mm-hmm. heard of and techno music and all sorts mm-hmm. of different music. And to me, it's just such an incredible stress relief. Mm-hmm. So I think that even in the middle of your studying process, and I actually wrote about it in the book, you've mm-hmm. got to go and do whatever it is you like to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. You've got to factor that in. Otherwise you're not managing your time well.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's very true.
2: Absolutely.
0: It, it, it keeps that keeps holistic. Um, um um mentality in place so you're just mm-hmm. not so you don't burn mm-hmm. out i mean you don't I'll want to balance be so, so yeah you don't want to be studied so much now of course some of the studies are going to require you to be a little unbalanced mm-hmm. to get to balance but even that should be managed a lot better than just totally mm-hmm. being i mean okay you made number one on the test good but uh, like you said i'm gonna gain weight mm-hmm. also <laughs> You know, lost my mind, (laughs) but at least least I'm promoted. You know, that reminds me of those uh, those, those, those commercials. Now they talk about uh, you want to stop anxiety. No problem. We got medicine for you, but maybe cause nosebleed, blindness, (laughs) (laughs) hair loss, Mm -hmm. hair loss, you know, leakage, whatever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at least I don't have anxiety.
1: <laughs> so, right. so what's funny is some of those medicines cause anxiety. You know, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah. when it's some of the side effects is anxieties. Right? It's helping oh, with more anxiety? Right, right, right. right. Oh, David, oh, they, there's yeah.
0: another ones that may
1: cause suicidal thoughts. I'm like, well, right. Yeah. <laughs> this? Why, why yeah. would I take? The? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, mm-hmm. it is important though. Still, even with knowing that you may have that uh, mm-hmm. sort of um concentrated time of studying or whatever that can tax you a little bit extra that's all the more reason to then implement something like what chief is saying with saying i'm this hour though a day Mm -hmm. if i can help it is going to be my base recharge time Mm -hmm. and if Mm -hmm. i keep that that consistency uh sometimes you know can just just keep you grounded enough to where even when you have to swing you know, heavy for that studying you know, or whatever it is, the job even, uh it, it helps to keep you, you know, on that even keel some. So mm-hmm.
0: uh, I was thinking too that another thing that we can all um understand too. Excuse me, I have to, to move the charge this back up. Um, speaking of recharge. Yeah, speaking mm-hmm.
4: of recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I about yeah, yeah.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that um, one maybe one of your first lessons in in management and um um leadership, it was, so we we are talking about if you can't lead yourself, uh maybe one of the things that you can do as a lesson is hey, I'm going to lead myself right now. So mm-hmm. it's like you work, one of your management jobs might be um mm-hmm. scheduling. One of your management jobs might be um mm-hmm. uh, do do a um uh, with a training that's going to take all day. How would you, mm-hmm. you know, prioritize and put those things in place so you could do that for self? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get up in the morning from this hour. This hour is is, is stretching and meditation. And from this hour, this hour, I'm gonna go get my exercise in, like uh, Chief Freddie does. Um, you know, the next hour I come back, I um, you know, going to study from this hour. This hour strictly. I mean, no. No interruptions. No, 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 um, TVs in the background. Mm-hmm. On no, just mm-hmm. constantly focus on. I'm going to give this study in a hundred percent. And then after mm-hmm. that, hey, go do something you really like to do to balance that out, or go spend time with your family or whatever. You know, even manage what you eat. My my meals are going to look like this and whatever. And 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 then I'm gonna spend time if you're married or your spouse. You know. We're gonna spend intentional about that quality time of of spending time and you know addressing that. If they understand what you're going through, they understand it can it has to be followed maybe somewhere in those parameters of management. And then get in a good habit of already managing. You manage. You're successful at passing the test, but you also have maybe some little um, intrinsic things that showed that, hey, I can manage. And since mm-hmm. you manage yourself well, now when you pass the test and manage others, you've already had a crash course. You kind of leverage your your time. You made every step um, pop, uh, better just by not only how you uh, passed the test, but how you manage yourself. And now you can mm-hmm. use that as an example to manage others or as Chief Freddie has done, you know, use it as a guideline to um, for success in, in the test. So it's not just about burning yourself out, going through these processes, manage that time along the way so you can be whole when you do get that job. Yeah,
2: like you what said we earlier, think? if you see your name on the mm-hmm. list and you're number one on the list, you say, hey, Larry Connie's number one on the list, mm-hmm. but your kids are not talking to you. Or your wife's upset at you leads to a divorce or something or at least <laughs> then, then it really wasn't worth it
3: yeah and mm-hmm. you know
2: in my case i wouldn't be as successful as the the, the the success that i was able to achieve without my wife because my mm-hmm. wife was always there to support me mm-hmm. you know four different promotion exams so mm-hmm. you we all know the pressure when you're studying everything that's going on and you know my earlier exams that lieutenant exam my captain exam little kids at home at the time and it's just a, a big challenge so if you don't unwind and find healthy ways to unwind what tends to happen,
0: yep. you may find
2: unhealthy ways to unwind, and i i really tried to talk a lot about that in the book, like you said, the first part of the book it has nothing to do with the assessment center; it just has to do about us. so I think that's a great point you brought up there.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, lay that foundation, if you get that foundation, we all know principally speaking, Dave and I always try to speak principally um, when you principally get that foundation together however it looks, whether you do or you build in a house or whatever you do, that foundation is, is cr- critical. David is a black belt in, in some deadly karate thing he does. but <laughs> uh, His core, he talks about that all the time, but David used to be so successful with karate, and our other brother who knew karate and was good at it, but his core was just, I just want to beat people up, you know, so it did work <laughs> out for him. Too well because his core was out of place but David went full spiritual knows Japanese and, mm. and know all the spiritual things to go along with it built a strong foundation mm. um, every time he works out is with a core um inside out core building technique so by the time he's ready to really fight when he used to con- um, compete back in the day um, you know he was a movable force on the, on the mat because people were trying to come at him with all this fancy stuff, but he just principally beat the snot out of him with very few moves, because <laughs> he was spiritually in tune, his foundation was strong. Mm-hmm. His core was so strong, they're kicking him in the leg and break the leg, <laughs> kicking him, you know, because mm-hmm. his foundation was so strong. So principally that foundation is, is really, really important.
4: One, one of the things I was going to mention too, is the fact that firefighters, and uh, especially, have more days, quote, quote unquote, days off uh, than maybe the average person who works, you know, five days a week and off on the weekends or something like that, or work five days and off two days. And, but um, what I, <laughs> when Chris started, uh, I call the Larry Chris, um, started working, it dawned on me that you're working 24 hours though when you're at work. <laughs> So it's not like Mm. you're working eight hours and coming home in the evening either. So you're at work for a long period of time, and then when you come home, you have these uh, so many off days more so than the average person thinks that you you know that you have Mm. because um, but that's because you've already worked almost a week (laughs) working those Mm. twenty-four hour shifts. You know, Mm. so it's not like you're working for three or four eight-hour shifts or something. So by you coming home, and and then when you are at work, you have to be at the ready, no matter if you do get to go to sleep, you still have Mm. to be at the ready when you Mm. wake up. But when you come home and you do have those extended days off, it should be paramount. Number one thing to do is to get some real serious rest on those days that you don't have to go to work. And so but sometimes they get filled up with other activities or another job or something else other than just really taking time to rest. Hmm. And when you're doing that over and over again and after a while, you may stop and do what I just said, but you're exhausted. (laughs) And so now trying to rest from the point of because you're exhausted, your rest won't even be that beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have to just want to pace yourself. Sometimes you can't help it, and some things happen that are like, unforeseen. But as much time as you can manage for yourself, you need to get some <clears throat> restful, peaceful sleep mm-hmm. and some restful, restful just time period, even if you're not asleep, because of the intensity of your work and the kind of work that you do when you are in. Mm. So it was, it's almost like it was a little Jedi mind trick that you you know you were working what two two shifts two days but Three. you but you those two twenty four hour days mm. yep. <laughs> or something yeah. like that i you know don't know mm. remember exactly how it goes but I was just saying but when you're off you should have at least one day and and even more so but one day that you just don't do anything and just chill out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's As easy, matter it's a matter
2: of fact, it's, it's mandated when you come back from an urban search and rescue USAR deployment, they mandate a 72-hour period when mm-hmm. you come back. And then sometimes, you know, you go, well,
1: I don't really need it. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: Yep. Uh, Chief uh, Hernandez,
1: let me ask you, though, um, we've been talking a lot about, you know, what basically is the the principle of prioritizing yourself and where academically that seems like a no-brainer. Um what what are some things that you know the person who doesn't necessarily think like this can do whether they're trying to study for a test or whether they can whether it's just about the job to start prioritizing themselves to where they would be doing some of these things to take care of themselves in a way that maximizes their the, the impact of you know what it is they want to do and how and the, and their impact on it obviously having getting rest and those things are things that should be done but they're easier said than done so what are what are some things in your opinion that a person can do to start prioritizing themselves to be better for others?
2: Well, I think you know an important thing is to find healthy natural pursuits. So I have one that most people are probably going to hear it and go, man, you're crazy, man. So one of the things I love to do is yard work. I cut my own grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, come on, man, you could afford to hire our yard crew. What, what, I, what,
1: what, what else, Chief? What <laughs> area for me and Larry? What else do you, what else you got? You
4: know? No, you, uh, uh-huh, you asked the question, so let him talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta listen to the answer. So, you
2: know, and here in South Florida where I live, it's not unusual for the temperature to be 90, 95 degrees, which doesn't sound mm-hmm. that hot. It make it hot in other parts of the country but our humidity is at 90%. Mm-hmm. So you'll step outside and it feels like somebody hits you with a bucket of water. Not that I condone buckets of water from a fire station roof, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. feels that way. So I think it's just so crucial that we are not the energizer bunny. So if you see that commercial <laughs> with the bunny and the battery never runs out, well, we have a battery and it's a spiritual battery, an emotional battery, an intellectual battery, and mm-hmm. there's only so much we can handle. Now, I wanna be making an admission here I know all of these things. I understand all of these things. I believe in these things, but I'm not always successful in achieving them myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's times where I realize, hey, I've worked 14 days in a row. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then my wife will say, hey, you have, you've been training a customer every day for the last two weeks. And I go, yeah, but it's so much fun. I enjoy it. Uh, the people are getting so much out of it. And she says, yeah, but what about you? Mm-hmm. So it's that yeah. village again, somebody to mm-hmm. remind you. Hey David, you're overdoing it. You've worked this many days. You've had this many trips. Say hey, Larry, you know you haven't gone out with your wife somewhere. You haven't gone to see a movie.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: it's that work-life balance that I think we have to have because if we're all work, at some point we we hit diminishing return. You know we're just not effective anymore. Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies to your studying. You know, I have students that I tell them, Hey, take a break and they're no, I can't take a break. I said, Well, you know, all I can do is make a suggestion. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm,
1: and they mm-hmm. and
2: Dave, you don't have to cut your grass, so don't worry yeah.
0: about it. <laughs> all <right>. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Okay. But yeah, I'm not Yeah, I cut mine yesterday. i still get <laughs> I throw my headphones on and um uh, throw my favorite soundtrack, cutting grass soundtrack. And um and I get out there and doing like you said, I got a lot of neighbors who the lawn people show up with their trailers and they jump off and and actually they're done with the grass. I'm still out there because I'm a perfectionist with it. It got a little like Augusta mm-hmm. golf course grass from <laughs> by the time I'm done with it, you know. And then we were we got, David don't want to cut grass because um, David still, and and I agree with him, uh, we still suffer from PS, PS, PSD Black from my GSD. grandma. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my grandmother yeah. used to make mm-hmm. us get out there I don't know if you remember, but before uh, uh, head edges, uh, uh, weed whackers, uh, you had those clips mm-hmm. where you had to like squeeze your hand. And cause that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yes. we weed, weed whackers around the fence with that. Mm-hmm. You want to talk well, about? <laughs> I didn't. I think we invented corporal tunnel syndrome with that. Oh no, no, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, people mine, people mine, shake
1: mine. their hands and say, boy, your kids got a strong grip. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> mine was more soft.
4: They had a soft, nice looking yard though.
1: Yeah, yeah, mine was yeah. more Sergeant Tunnel Syndrome. It was so bad. It was it was <laughs> yeah. a, a, elevated beyond a corporal. It was Sergeant Tunnel Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, but um, yes, uh, <laughs> I I don't want to do the yard. I almost gave you book back right there. I <laughs> 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 but but right. no, that's uh oh I'm I gotta I gotta uh, bust Larry out too. One of the reasons he stays out there doing his yard so long too is because he he's got uh some. Uh, senior citizen fan, some ladies that like to watch and they put <laughs> some music on them. I'm going to take his shirt off while he's out there cutting the grass. Right? <laughs> yeah, whatever you got to do to pay the mortgage, buddy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now,
2: now yeah. we know the back story. They
0: do come to the door. I don't know why they always come to the door my
1: Yeah. He he wants to cut the grass. They want him to shake as Well, anyway. Well, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey. hey,
4: hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey
0: but uh yeah but anyway uh you got any more uh things you want to uh, talk about in your book chief before we wrap it up
2: no i just want to really um share how passionate i am about this subject how passionate i am about career development um Mm -hmm. you know the fire service is something that gives so much back to us it Mm -hmm. helps us provide for our families the tangible benefits of it but we give so much to our citizens and i want to make sure that we push that you know uh, the only reason we exist, and my fire chief, Maurice Kemp, who I talk about in the book on the on the chapter about um, mentoring, Chief Kemp at every award ceremony, graduation ceremony, retirement ceremony, I don't care what the ceremony was, Chief Kemp would always say we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to serve the citizens. Yeah. There's no other reason for us to exist. So that's kind of what drove me here, and it drives me and my partner David in our, in our training business is that we want to... And you mentioned earlier in our mission statement, notice the way it's written, it's develop those knowledge, skills and abilities and then mm-hmm. demonstrate them. So mm-hmm. that's the whole mindset. And we, when we partnered up to train together, that was the, the premise that we wanted to work under is that always prepare yourself. So in yes. the book, i say that in quite a few occasions in the book, you cannot demonstrate something you don't already possess so that's kind of what i want to leave the listeners with that that's what this book is all about it's about developing growing yourself then demonstrating it on the test but more mm-hmm. importantly once you get promoted and you're in that right front seat you're in the chief's car you're at, at the headquarters that people so say wow that person knows how to do the job that mm-hmm. person knows how to lead personnel he knows how to lead men and women but he also knows the nuts and bolts we have to be technically mm-hmm. proficient mm-hmm. We have to know how to tie our knots and hoist our tools and advance our lines, make a budget, schedule a training for the battalion, whatever it is. But to me, that part is kind of easier than the part about managing the people yeah. and managing yourself. That's where the challenges mm-hmm. come. And that's kind of what the, the book has really tried to summarize. Uh, I've tried to share what I've learned over the last 40 years in the fire service um you know the last 22 23 years before i wrote the book of training people i learned something every single training session Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you'll you guys will share with that when you do your leadership training there's always something you pick up from the audience like i shared that story at fdic that i've never gone to a conference at fdic that i didn't pick something up that i didn't come back energized Mm -hmm. and i wanted to kind of push that in the book too that, that i hope this book energizes the readers to do more to put in that a little bit of extra time and to remember that it's not about you it's about them
0: right right definitely um, what's,
4: the, what's the name of your book again
2: it's fire assessment center 360. so in the fire service we talk a lot about a 360 when we get to a scene so i tried to use that as an analogy of trying to look at this procedure from from multiple angles i teach what the raiders look for i teach what you should look for i talk about different testing companies um different variations and testing and so forth but then mm-hmm. the second part of the title is the subtitle is climb past your competition and mm-hmm. um there's one more story i share in the book i had a captain when i first got promoted to battalion chief i was a captain that was at one of my stations he wasn't successfully in, in getting promoted and he comes in and he goes hey chief freddy you know you did a great job on the task you know can you can you help me and i said absolutely we're going to start today and i stood <laughs> up and i said sit here and he looks at me like, "Are you crazy?" And I go, <laughs> "Yeah, we have to prepare today." He goes, "But the test is two years from now." I said, "Yeah," and sit sit in the seat right now.
3: Good. And I uh-huh. said,
2: "You're doing the lineup today. You're gonna balance the battalion out and move all the personnel around." He goes, "Oh no, but uh, I gotta go to run my station." I said, "We'll pick another day. And you're gonna come <laughs> in here." So, you know, I shared that story in the book as well to say that, like you said earlier, when they hang the the announcement for the test you're months late you're years late if that's when you start preparing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wow yeah. That's
0: no that's a great and uh mm-hmm. and like i said it, it's, it all sounds fun to your buddies in the seat and the <laughs> people, put them in the seat this <laughs> it feels. so you better start mm-hmm. doing this for now so it won't be such a shock you know mm-hmm. and uh, somebody told me something a long time ago too is that when you go in there to do the assessment i don't know if this is still i know it was told to me a long time ago so this is still the latest practice, but try not to go in with, I am a, let's say you're a captain trying to take a battalion chief's test. I'm just a captain trying to be a, you got to walk in there already with the mindset, I am a battalion chief and this is mm-hmm. what I'm, and when you walk in, when I've seen, when I've been a, an assessor and somebody walks in with that type of swag, they don't have to say something really, really stupid for me not to believe in them because I'm leaned in with their mm-hmm. confidence. I'm leaned in with their their how they chronologically and logically put systems together, and how they uh, can they talk with their eye contact and their voice inflection, and and just to seem like they're talking about something they're masters at. That confidence mm-hmm. comes with not only studying the material but imagining yourself in that place already see it before you be it type of mentality you know i even Mm -hmm. go far as further on that
2: that whenever i do in-person training we just got back from doing in-person training in houston whenever they introduce themselves they have to introduce themselves by the rank they're aspiring for Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. and then just
2: just last week i was coaching some police officers from city of miami Beach. And they're going for lieutenant. So, you know, on Zoom, their title was Sergeant, you know, so mm-hmm. and so. Mm-hmm. And when they logged in, I said, hey, we have to do something with your title. And they're like, well, what's your problem? I said, yeah, it says sergeant. Are we going for lieutenant? So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, change it to lieutenant now and visualize yeah. the future, visualize mm-hmm. the success, yeah. and then it'll That's be good. more likely to occur.
0: Yeah. When we go to, um, you have heard of um, Carl Holmes, EDI, the Executive Development Institute. I actually yeah.
2: had Carl Holmes when I was a young lieutenant <laughs> in the early 80s. He came to Miami and he trained us in person. Right. And he had a mm-hmm. profound impact on me. He was a large man, tall man, yes. very eloquent speaker, yeah. but very down to earth speaker yes. at the same yes. time. So he was like, and I'm going to date us here, but like the old E.F. Hutton commercials, right? When EF <laughs> Hutton talks, no, he spoke, you listen. Well, yeah. when he spoke, you listen. Yeah, and Call he Holmes. had such an impact on how many thousands of people in the fire oh, service.
0: I've had I have the pleasure, probably the last maybe eight years now, of going to teach our leadership program at the um, Carl Homes EDI in New Orleans. are <clears> uh, going back this year, but. Um, it's such a great experience and such a great um energy there with everybody aspiring to, um, you know, be um, you know, ranking up, and also the stuff that you learn from executive decisions and leadership and how to take a test and things of that sort. But the reason I brought it up is because that's how they address everyone down there. I don't care what rank you are, mm. they call you chief. Hey, chief, mm. you know, how you do, how you, you can come down there, wow. you just been on the job two years and, and <laughs> they already call you Chief because mm-hmm. they're trying to plant that seed in your in your mind. So I always like that atmosphere when I was there that everybody was mm-hmm. Chief, you know, because that's what we're trying to get you to. And he's another legend we <laughs>
2: lost in our shows such an
0: impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Um, like I said, I had the pleasure of knowing him and uh, mm-hmm. I wish I had known him back um, you know, in the heyday when he was really out, you know, because I heard he was something else. But he was something else is, you know, just being down there, just, you know, he riding on that golf court and he got them uh, cigarettes and you know, and you, he and like you say he talks, he always holding he holding class wherever he is. He sitting on that golf mm. court and you yeah. see just a bunch of people standing around him and he kicking knowledge and you like, man, this this dude, if he kicking knowledge right now at this age when he's like, help me out this golf course. <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> mm-hmm. how he was, when he was yeah. you know, just in his, hey. And like mm-hmm. yourself, you know, when I talked to different people about him who um, had the pleasure of being trained about him when he was, you know, traveling and teaching even before EDI really got off the ground, um, mm-hmm. he was, you know, it was really impactful. So, and it's still the legacy lives on. Matter of fact, while we on now, I just got an a email confirming our, um, you know, us, us teaching down there this summer so looking forward mm. to it but um as we wrap things up i guess we'll go around and um uh, we'll start with uh, Mommy Lane and david and myself and then we'll just kind of put the bow on this new program this new format this new way we're doing things to get the message out and uh, i see david's clean fingernails right there good job <laughs> thank <laughs> you thank <laughs> <laughs> Spirit fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Right,
4: right, right. I want uh, you, you off. You know, I did the best I could with these boys. So, right, right. maybe, you know, silly stuff mm. like that. That's not my, that's not, you hmm. <laughs> know, mm. not me. Not me. Mm. But no, I enjoyed this. uh This It was very interesting. And uh your book sounds like it's something I even might want to read, even though I'm not in that profession, but it sounds like it has a a lot of great principles and principles can be applied to whatever you're doing, whatever your profession is, whatever your job is, or even if you're in retirement. And so I think that makes it extra special to have something that can be multi-purpose for even somebody that might not be in this particular job, have this particular job, but it can be applied to your everyday life. Mm Definitely.
2: Thank you, Miss Elaine. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you really added a lot to the show. Thank you.
4: No, oh, thank you. David?
1: She always does. Um, Steve Harvey says the one of uh, the scariest two words in the English language are you're next. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's uh, always good to, to talk to somebody who's talking about the preparation that alleviates that fear. You have no fear about being next when you're ready you have Mm -hmm. the fear about being next when you're not sure if you can handle it and if you're ready so Mm -hmm. um just all this conversation about preparation and about um really dealing with who you are before you start you know talking about taking the tests and things like that is is something that a lot of people don't necessarily deal with um Mm -hmm. and so i applaud you know the uniqueness of that but the importance of that so and you know i appreciate that chief and uh this uh sounds then like a very powerful book and uh one that'll be an asset for people in the service and outside the service so thanks a lot for being our guest and sharing that knowledge with us
0: thank you david Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep well like yeah like i'm just going to reiterate um I'm glad um, we were able to connect and get you on the show.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I said, you've been instrument on in a lot of people who have been promoted and will continue to be promoted because you're still in the game. Um, this book is going to help um, elevate even more people. And I think that when we have a heart to serve and, and help with these succession plans around the country that you know you're a part of or don't know how much you're a part of. When you um when you're a part of that, you're doing something great. And um so I'm I'm glad to um to I've always known you by name, the brand name, but just to get to know you and talk to you more and hopefully we stay in touch more um uh, after this It's just because uh, um 'cause if you know the mind, you gotta know me. We just we just mm. we just mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my point is that I'm always uh glad to be in the company of people who um work to give back and in a lot of what everybody knows you don't get rich writing a book. You just don't. You know, <laughs> I mean I've i talked to a lot of people in the business and not, I wrote a book. I'm, I'm set. You know, it's mm-hmm. not uh, you get you, you don't get it you don't get rich writing a book. So you're not doing it for any motivation in that regard. Um mm-hmm. but you definitely are doing it for obviously the right reasons. It's gonna serve a lot of mm-hmm. people and especially yeah. take take heed to it and get witness. On um, how this book and how your methodology and teaching has helped, um, there's a lot more people who are going to be promoted, and mm-hmm. and you've had a hand in that. So, um, hats off and salute to you for that. Um, and it makes me want to just continue to step my game of it. Writing a book is—I've said mm-hmm. this before—I'm getting ready to get the the funny faces from the other two on the. On the- <laughs> Um, writing Man. a book just seems intimidating to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. Um, I just ain't got to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, well, I'm, there's,
2: a, there's a motivational speaker that you may have heard of, Dr. Eric Thomas, the hip-hop mm-hmm. preacher.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: I've read a lot of his books. I've studied a lot of his motivational factors. And if for those of you that have not heard of Eric Thomas, he was homeless at 16, eating out of dumpsters. And now mm-hmm. he's a PhD. And he's an incredible motivational speaker, and he is one of the things that helped motivate me for the process because it is intimidating mm. to write the book. And go. I'm not gonna lie to you, Thank you. I started right I started writing this book over 20 years ago. And I had an outline, I had notes, and I kept, you know, one day, one day, and when COVID hit, I said, This is the day, and now mm. I'm gonna do it. And that's kind of what what started it. But I thought that I would slow up in my training business and fire assessment center prep. With COVID, it actually was the opposite. Mm -hmm. So it became um, a passion project. But Mm -hmm. a lot of writers that I spoke to talking about mentors, I said, the only thing you have to do is write. Mm -hmm. Just sit down. If it's 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. If it's an hour, it's Mm -hmm. an hour. But you're not going to get anywhere unless you start writing. Mm -hmm. And I I took that to Mm -hmm. heart. And I just, you know, I set aside 50. And I'm a morning person. So I set aside some time in the morning. And you know, I did 20 minutes one day, 30 days another. And then the days that I really got rolling, I maybe did a little bit, little bit longer. So don't get intimidated. Go yeah. for it. Follow your passion. You have a lot of great information to share. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of putting it down and, and putting it in a way that you know will relate to your audience.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, I, I am. I know. And, I've, you know, mm-hmm. with the articles I've written and all the research papers I had to write, most people say you wrote a book already. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of focusing it and making it. Uh, you know, part of this particular process. So I will, you know, just, a lot of things I've said over the years that I'll get to it and then I've gotten to it. I'm going to finish my degree. I did it, you know, I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of other goals. So I know I'm going to do it. Uh, I just, like you said, to sit down and just start writing and, and making it happen. But um, you're just another inspiration in that, in that long list of, you know, inspiration. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, But like I said, I'm looking forward to getting the book. I know you signed it, probably to my dear friend Larry. Best wishes and all this. So you know that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but anyway, uh, uh, but I'm looking forward to reading it uh, because you know you can you can always learn. I mean, just because I've I've reached this rank Mm -hmm. um, of deputy chief doesn't mean I need to stop stop learning and and, Mm -hmm. and have a resource. Because a big, a, a word we really learned to internalize from a few years back, I guess, um, Chief Craig Haig out of um, Hanover Park in Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he talked about succession planning and mm-hmm. this succession planning is, is, is one of the things that should be a major thing that's on your radar if you're in the, mm-hmm. any kind of, Chief position or anything like that, because you want to train the people who when they replace you, because you're not going to be there forever.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, but this is going to be a great resources in our succession planning and mm-hmm. getting our officers ready to move up and take over and take charge. And we got two new young people we just hired. We're excited about their future, and we're looking to do things. I'm putting together a, a training division that I hope that will. Um, benefit not only our department, but the region. And um, part of that succession plan is starting in from, okay, here's day one, and here's how I look to get to to the fire chief. Now, you might not want to be a chief, but at least you got a ladder to climb and Mm -hmm. there's a succession plan in place. And one of the things is how to prepare for advancement. And I'm sure your book is going to go a long way, so I'll definitely read it and then make it a resource at our department in Collinsville. So I'm looking forward to to that as well. If Um, I can
2: share a quote before we wrap up, if I could just share a quick quote, if you'll indulge
0: me.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So one of the quotes I have in the book is from a Stoic philosopher, Epictetus, and it talks about his teachings, five valuable lessons for self-improvement. And they're very brief. It says one, you become what you give your attention to. Two, don't explain your philosophy, embody it. Three, to improve, you must be okay with looking foolish. Mm -hmm. Four, you can't learn what you think you already know. Mm -hmm. And number five, Mm -hmm. stop waiting to demand the best for yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's how I end the chapter about overcoming obstacles Mm -hmm. and overcoming Mm self-doubt. And Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I'm not ready. That's Mm -hmm. how I ended that chapter. And I thought it was a great Mm -hmm.
1: way to
0: to, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's amazing.
0: That's that's something that need to copy and just you know people need to copy and put it up somewhere. Yeah, put it on the mirror
1: mm-hmm,
3: yeah where you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Piece, you know, yeah.
4: Yeah, I've yeah, it yeah I've again okay let me get mm-hmm. to it <laughs> so uh, note note to self yeah note to <laughs> self mm-hmm.
0: like, like <laughs> so, so I think I heard the sermon one time about that <laughs> 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 but anyway uh, so uh, thanks for hanging out with us Chief Freddie and um, yeah. and uh, we, we a lot of times we do have people that um, come back on the show, and uh, we kind mm-hmm. of see where we—I know where we started, and what they say yeah. how, how it started, and we'll we'll get back after the books and, and New York bestsellers list, and how's it going? Mm-hmm. 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 We'll, we'll, Sounds good. I'll always make myself available for you guys. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll circle right. back, and then he lives mm-hmm. in one of my favorite places. It warm somewhere warm, David. So I might yeah, remember. no,
1: which which there. means we'll we'll never see you, Chief, because everywhere yes. he sends us is cold. <laughs>
0: David, <laughs> <laughs> David, we, we be going to like just. I'm not gonna name any place. I'm only insulting but Sometimes I be like, hey, don't they got uh, firefighters that need glue
1: in Barbados or something? You know, yeah, sure. or surely I'm some leadership glue. training.
4: Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Found us up mm-hmm. in the Dakotas in the summer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
4: uh, nice to meet but, you yeah thank you my
2: pleasure and thank Mm -hmm. you larry thank you david
0: yeah so um, uh check us out i think um we'll be looking at the schedule i don't know if it's a new schedule but i think the schedule is going to be the same just the format is going to be about a bit different here on the fire engineering platform but um we're going to look forward to continue to perfect this and have more exciting guests like our guest tonight chief freddie and um also um Check us out at www.gluenationldc.com. See where in the world with David and Larry um, mm-hmm. folks from North St. Louis, just out, out doing the things in the world, trying to help and serve as many people as I can with our uh, dynamic um, workshop, the Glue Personal Leadership Workshop. Um, we're going to be, like I said, FDIC. By the time you see this podcast, uh, FDIC will be behind us, but we got FDIC coming up. We, where we mentioned call homes um executive development institute edi we got um the black chief officers conference that's going to be down in port lauderdale hey we might be
1: kind of mm-hmm. close. wait a minute <laughs> yeah, hey get,
0: you we'll got, go. my <laughs> yeah, got my phone number <laughs> yeah, yeah get some get some the sun down there so we'll be down there in july i know we're going to the lake of the ozarks um in june and um and so we got um Stuff to do down there as well. Spreading some glue. Um I, I should roll out this stuff down. There, there are so many dates. and I'm just mm-hmm. remembering the highlights. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can't forget the Fools uh, Convention. We're going to be mm-hmm. there. in August in uh, Minneapolis. Um, might go see some some print stuff if we have a chance to date while we're up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Uh, so anyway, we're we're just going to be we're, we're doing what we do. we on the road. We're having a good time david and i have been playing like we were newscasters and tv guests mm-hmm. uh, since we were kids and so now we just mm-hmm. grown grown doing it but <laughs> mm-hmm. helping people at the same time so it's always mm-hmm. fun so check us out on the website and uh and uh, see where we are and then um give us a shout um we can come to a town near you have have glue we'll travel so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it's all about this. As a personal leadership, and then maybe we can partner up with Chief Freddy one day and bombers one in session sessions. And say, hey, before you get started learning all this n- bolt, uh you know, nuts and bolts, we got some personal leadership stuff we want to share with you. Get you ready, you know. Man, that'd we, be amazing. We could be the open, we can be the open in that for you there, you know. Wow. You know? We, we could be more than you could be that'd prim- be amazing, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah so anyway but anyway thanks for um uh, yeah she did the best she could but we're still doing <laughs> <our stuff. laughs> so, but uh thanks for hanging out and uh, look forward to the book and uh, we'll see you sometime hopefully before the um uh, this year chief Freddy. and uh, we'll talk to you later thanks again right. thanks, thanks.